It had been that way for as long as the people in the village could remember. It was just the way it was. Enough so that, for the most part, no one questioned it. Not far beyond the bounds of the village, there lived a dragon. They didn't know where the dragon had come from or why it chose this place. But again, they couldn't remember a time when he hadn't been there. And it seemed all right. Ish. The dragon had demands, and they met them as best they could. They would periodically bring lovely little offerings, some silver or maybe a bit of gold to lay before the dragon in exchange for a period of peace. Time passed and they would hear the roar, see the smoke rising, and they knew it was time to come again, to pay more, to up the ante of their sacrifice. A chicken, some sheep, eventually cattle, Years went on until finally it came clear that none of these past gifts, each of them costly but not ultimately of such great concern, that none of them were cutting it now. The dragon was too hungry, too demanding. The dragon wanted human life. And maybe because they were used to these demands, painful as they were, or maybe because they couldn't see another way forward, the people of the village complied. Once a year they drew lots, and one unfortunate soul was handed over to the dragon. In exchange, the rest could continue though it could no longer really be called living in peace as this terror loomed over them all the rest of the year. Would they be next? Or their brother? Their daughter? But what choice did they have? Finally, one year, it came to a standstill. They cast lots, and the name that came up was the much-beloved princess. They were horrified, all of them. And somehow this, this jostled them. It called the question. It showed them just how terrible this arrangement had always been. And incredibly, just in time, a saint arrives. St. George races in, frees the princess, and faces the dragon. He's daring and fierce and liberating all at once. And the people can live again, actually live in peace, knowing that this insatiable demand for their livelihoods and, indeed, for their very lives has finally been stopped. Collectively, we exhale. 
St. George and the Dragon. It's a story that has roots in so many places across more centuries than we have records for. And it was retold all over the world this past Friday, just a couple days ago, as the Feast of St. George was celebrated. And it was a story that was already active in the imagination of many people, many communities, when the valiant act was ascribed to George more than 1,700 years ago. It's a story that stirs something deep within us. There's just the, the one teensy little issue that dragons don't exist. So why tell it? Why do we, as Christians, hang on to a story like this, lifting it up on on icons and flags and all kinds of art? Why do we keep returning through all these years to this unlikely courage of St. George? Of course, dragons don't exist. And yet, My God, I know that this story is true. That these dragons and all these places in so many forms are real. They remain present and hungry here and everywhere today. I am the good shepherd, Jesus tells us. In this gospel, we are reminded that there are sheep and there are dangerous places. Wolves prowling and and hidden snares waiting and the great expanse where the the sheep can just become completely lost. Jesus tells us that as the good shepherd, he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. And he will go to any length, to every length, to find them when they are in trouble and bring them home. So I I have actually lived next door to sheep, but I can't say that they were really shepherded. They, They just hung out in the field and... Occasionally, they got stuck in our fence, and occasionally they cowered as coyotes prowled around. But this agrarian imagery, rooted in a kind of shepherding that is so far removed from what little farming most of us have seen, it's hard to wrap my mind around it. It's difficult to imagine what the shepherd's sacrifice might entail. What that life of seeking out the lost again and again would look like. We see paintings of Jesus carrying a a lily-white lamb on, on his shoulders. We have one here. It looks serene, snugly even. It doesn't look like it's such a burden for Jesus. It doesn't look like work. And images like this make me question how much it matters to him and to us. 
Do we even need this shepherd? This, I think, this is why we keep stories like St. George and the dragon around. The hungry dragon and the lurking wolf and the great wilderness where we get lost and trapped, these dangers are all tied up together. They all speak to our lives. And this dragon and this saint, I think they can help us access other sacred stories like this, the Good Shepherd, that that are maybe just as tricky and just as true. Because insatiable dragons, friends, I see these every day. How many mass shootings have there been in our country this month? Even the number from from when I began to write this sermon is now out of date. I can't keep up. As we sacrifice our people to the dragon of an armed nation, again and again and again and again and again. I've watched the dragon of addiction ravage a life, a family, whole communities, Again, and again, and again. I've seen the way that what was once enough no longer cuts it. How the dragon demands more. More time, more money, more health, more relationships, more life. Here in the Bay, especially, I... I watch how the dragon of consumption, of competition, of ever-growing wealth is here and hungry. The pandemic has given us just a little bit of distance to see business as usual for what it is. And this time has also turned the pressure up to 11 for so many. We are so used to the dragon. Numb to it as we cast lots, as we fork over yet more of all that is dear to us, all that brings us life. But what if there's another way? The villagers gasp. They finally see the horror. They pause long enough to encounter St. George. Facing the dragon, the saint shows us a facet of Christ. He refracts a piece of how we can know God here on this side. The dragons are not all-powerful. They don't get to call the shots. Someone can rise. We can go straight to the dragon and say, enough is enough. We're done. This is where we meet the Good Shepherd. These terrifying times are where, in particular, God shows up. Jesus goes with us to these death-dealing places, these shadow lands, even to these voracious dragons with their ever-swelling appetites. He finds us there stays with us as long as it takes. 
He may not solve the problem out of hand, just take care of it for us. Our world, our our freedom, it's all far too complex a gift for that. But we're not on our own. We abide in him and he in us, giving us strength and courage to confront the dragon, to say no more. Maybe it sounds preposterous. But what if these stories were true? What if you could name the dragon, acknowledge that it is real, and how much it has already taken? Friends, what if it were also true that we do not face this dragon alone? What What then would we do if we knew that when we stand before the ravenous dragon, God is present right there, laying down her life that we, that all of us together, may finally live? 